Grace and peace to you this morning. It's good to be here with you today. I invite you as we settle into worship to take two or three deep breaths just to center yourself in this place, in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God. As you are able, please rise in body and spirit for the call to worship. When the lost are found, there is joy. When hope overcomes despair, there is joy. When we seek and find God's faithfulness, there is joy. When God seeks and finds us, there is joy.
may be seated. Welcome to worship at Westminster Presbyterian. We're glad to see you. I see some faces back after a while, uh, and it's terrific to see you, whether this is your first time or you come every week or anywhere in between. If you are new here, we hope that you will leave us your information either in the pew pads that we pass down and back later in the service or by stopping by the welcome table if you haven't already so we can reach out and connect with you, learn more about you, answer anything, any questions you might have about the church. And if you are someone who's a regular here, I hope you reach out to someone you don't recognize to introduce yourself and to make sure that everyone feels safe and at home here. Let's join together in our community prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, like the sheep who wanders away from the care and guidance of its shepherd, we have all been lost. We thank you that you do not leave us in that state, but instead you seek us and you find us. We rejoice in your persistent love. May this love and this joy flow into our lives each day and be faithfully reflected into the world around us, that we may ensure all who feel lost are found. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ, there is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. Know that we've been set free. Know that we've been forgiven. Know that we've been found. And be at peace. Amen. It is the Sunday of the month when we offer birthday blessings to those who have a birthday this month or if you missed your birthday month, you're welcome to come forward. We had a July rain check at the 8.30 service, so you're come on forward. All right. Okay. A poem for you on your birthday. This is by a, a poet a Sufi poet named Hafiz, who is esteemed by many as greater even than the great poet Rumi that you may have heard of, a great lover of God and speaker of beautiful wisdom. This is called With That Moon Language. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not do this out loud. Otherwise, someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with the full moon in each eye that is always saying in that sweet moon language what every other eye in this world is dying to hear. So as we celebrate your birthday, I encourage you to consider the wonder of that gift that what other people need, a kind eye, a loving presence, 
is free and you have unlimited access to it. So may you receive it and share it this year. Happy birthday. may be seated unless you'd like to stay up front for the time of discovery. Terrific. And if you weren't up front, but you'd like to come up front for the time of discovery, come on. Yes, I will sit down. Yes, sir. And you're grounded. Okay. Have a seat, buddy. No, okay. We can do that. Terrific. Nice to see you. Ben, I'm glad you're getting around on that thing. So... I wonder if you've ever felt like you were going to get in trouble for something you did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or something you didn't do, but maybe your parents asked you to do. Yeah, I hear you. I wonder if because of that, you were afraid to, not, not now, sweetie. I wonder if because of that you were ever ever afraid to admit, it's okay, to admit what happened because you were afraid of what would happen to you. I wonder if you know how happy it makes God and how happy it makes those who love you when you simply choose to be honest about what you did or what you didn't do. We've all done things, right? Even those grown-ups here later. I wonder if you knew that everyone makes mistakes. Turn around and look at all these people here. Accomplished, loving, successful, terrific people, maybe not in your view. All of these folks, raise your hand if, if, if out here you've ever made a mistake. Oh, right? Randy. <laughs> enough, enough, sweetie. So think about that. All these folks have made mistakes too. And sometimes it's scarier to own up to it than to just tell the truth about it. Today, in in some of your Sunday school classes and in worship here, you're going to hear a story where Jesus describes God being as happy as a shepherd who discovers a sheep that's been lost. Every time someone tells the truth, stop a second, honey. Yes, it's your class. That God is as happy as a shepherd who finds a lost sheep every time. You know what? You need to sit with mom now. Yep. Yes, you do. Everybody's trying to listen, and you need to help them listen. Thank you. Um, That God is as happy as a shepherd who loses a sheep when somebody decides to tell the truth about what they've done. That's it. Isn't that terrific? I wonder if hearing that story will make it easier for you to tell the truth. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. 
Thank you for children and thank you for adults. Thank you for giving us the courage to simply tell the truth. And thank you for the wisdom to be gracious with people who take that risk and speak honestly to us. Bless us as we go to Sunday school. Amen. Okay, so I think you know where you're going, but if you don't, I'm going to ask that you follow Ben. Ben, would you be our leader today? And um, we have, we'll have a sign out for those who were in first and second grade, is that, and then third and fourth. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround you. I invite now uh, Bill McLeod and Christina Hansen Ford to share a moment for stewardship and kick off this exciting season. As they come forward, I'll simply share if this feels early to you. We did this last year, and this has been an attempt to have the season start and, more importantly, finish early so that you can have your holidays without us um, calling you and asking you for money and so that we can more responsibly and with less pressure do our budgeting Um, So we'll get it done by Halloween, God willing, and if you participate, please. Good morning. Hi, I'm Christina Hansen and a member of the Stewardship Commission. First, thank you. You are a generous congregation that supports Westminster Presbyterian Church, and the church couldn't operate without you. We want to take a few minutes to kick off our annual stewardship pledge drive. You will be hearing more about stewardship over the coming four weeks. The pledge drive funds our annual budget and is not the capital campaign. It happens every fall and funds 75% of the income that supports our annual operating budget. The money we give supports our entire ministry, including outreach mission projects, building operations, staff, worship, and children, youth, and adult programs. We, plan, we pledge what we plan to give next year. In other words, pledge now, pay later. Our community has pledged close to $700,000 in each of the past two years, and we would like to bump that up to $750,000 this year with your help. This will help grow our funding for everything from Sunday school to staff to music. Your stewardship packet has been mailed to you. Hopefully you've seen it. It includes a lot of information, including a handy FAQ. Um, So if you need more information, please visit our website, wpctiburon.org slash give. And now to Bill. It's a big mistake to give the stewardship folks the mic. Um... So we have a great commission of five people, and there's a lot of work that actually goes into putting on this pledge drive, um, a lot of details. One of those little details is the Bible quote you received in your letter. Hopefully you received a letter and package this week. Um, And it's our little uh, attempt at a stewardship sermon. This year it's from 1 Chronicles 29, verse 5, and I'll read it here from the contemporary translation, the message. And now, how about you? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? Now that is holy wisdom, holy word. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Um, Look, um, uh, 
it's time um, to get going on this. And we're really going to, as Rob said, we're going to try to wrap this up in, in, in a, a relatively few weeks. Um, and as Christina mentioned, we'd like to grow our pledges a bit this year to get from 700 to 750. So, yes, if you pledge, we want you to consider growing your pledge. Yes, if you haven't pledged in the past, we would really like to, you to consider uh, making a pledge for the first time. Um, and yes, every pledge counts, regardless of size. Unlike some other denominations, there is no money from heaven in the Presbyterian Church. And what I mean by that is every church funds itself, uh, and we're no different. Um, and so, as Christina mentioned, this is a core part of the operating budget, and it's not the capital campaign. So just to be clear, um, it is separate. Um, so our ask is pretty simple. Um, give this some real consideration in the coming weeks. We're going to have speakers coming up here for the next three weeks. Give it some consideration. Um, make WPC a priority in your giving. We know you're generous in other places, but think about where this place stacks up in those priorities uh, and pledge in relation to your means. And I think if we all do that, we can not only achieve our goals, but we can do so in a unified way as a community. So, the big reminder is turn in your pledge card. And you have no excuses because these fancy green and purple pledge cards are right in front of you. So in the coming weeks, you can just fill it out and drop it in the, the box in the narthex. Um, thanks for listening. And uh, again, there's going to be a lot of information coming at you over the coming weeks. So please pay attention and, and give it consideration. Thanks. Thank you, Bill and Christina, and thanks to all of you who have been so generous and I already know will be generous yet again. One of the ways that we truly become a community and strengthen the ties within this church is to share what's going on in our lives. So if you have a joy or a concern or something that you want to lift up for the, the body, please just raise your hand and when called on, speak out. Who has something to share? Thank you, Carolyn. Carolyn's mother-in-law died a couple of weeks ago and is grateful for the prayers and, and thoughts and um, contacts of the community. Tricia, did you want to say something? I thought, yes, are you? Great. <laughs> Terrific. Yes, indeed. That's great. Thank you, Tricia. She's updating us on Bev Alexander, who had a fall and broke um, a leg, uh, a hip, and back uh, bones in her back. And has discovered some conditions that have led to that, and she's now recovering. She's got an unbelievable attitude. She's recovering at Smith Ranch. And thank you for going and seeing her. I mean, it really becomes a church when we take care of each other. So thank you for that. I thought I saw a hand over here. Yeah. Oh, Hale, great to see you back. Welcome.
Yeah, we honor in prayer the, the death of uh, Hale's son's mother-in-law. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Bruce. Yeah, I this past week had my test, and I am now nine years free. Wow, that's great. Bruce celebrates nine years of being cancer-free, and, and all those who have those kind of anniversaries, I hope you celebrate them. hope you feel, well, let me say it this way. I hope you feel permission to really celebrate those. Anyone else? Yes. I have a joy that my mom, Barbara Arnington, is not here for her birthday blessing and not singing today because she'd rather be in Vegas with my sister and <laughs> <laughs> for three days to celebrate her 95th birthday. That is terrific. Honoring your mother who's 95 and is celebrating like we would all do going <laughs> to Las Vegas where I'm, I hear they have wonderful churches. <laughs> I ran into a member at Costco yesterday, as happens any time one goes to Costco, uh, and ran into somebody who had just put their cat down that day. And uh, I say that because we sometimes chuckle about that sort of thing, but I have to tell you, um, having been in this line of work for a while, people's attachment to their animals is sometimes stronger than to their human family. And uh, one can understand why sometimes. <laughs> so uh, I lift that up in prayer and honor that place in your life if that is a place in your life. Let's pray. Gracious one, it's wonderful to be in a place where we can share knowing that the people next to us generally want to know what we have to say. Generally and genuinely want our well-being. So thank you for this moment and help us to create more moments. Help us to create stronger ties within this sacred community that we might each feel supported in our journey. We offer these things. We offer the things unsaid to you. And we join now with one voice in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
Scripture reading this morning comes from Luke 15, 1 through 10. Listen and see how, what it speaks to you. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So one of my most favorite songs is actually based on this scripture passage. Um, And so to begin today, I'd like to share that song with you.
So there's, so. Now there's something about that scripture passage. That was called Leaving 99 by Audio Adrenaline. In a little while, Ruthie's going to share another song with that same scripture passage in mind. But, you know, it actually isn't that surprising that this beautiful passage inspires this music. Because what a powerful message it is, right? That when we are lost... God finds us. In fact, that we are never too lost to be found by God. No, amen. And I hope that if you are here today feeling lost in whatever way lost looks in your life, that you will hear that message that God has found you. Now, notice that I say God has found you, not that God will find you. You know, I say that on purpose. You know, perhaps you know, you've done something and you feel like you know, that means that God will not love you anymore. No, God has already found you and is already loving you. you know, perhaps you feel you've sort of wandered so far off of God's path, God perhaps doesn't know where you are anymore. No, God has already found you and God is already bringing you back to God. Or perhaps you're struggling with something in your life and you're just wondering if God cares anymore. God has already found you and is already showering God's amazing grace upon you. You know, God continues to seek and continues to find us always. Now, as I was writing this week, I thought maybe I would just stop there. Now, what a powerful message, right? Quit while we're ahead. But I have to say, as I was living with this scripture passage, my attention kept going to the very beginning of the passage, you know, before the stories of the lost sheep and the lost coin. For how this passage begins is with tax collectors, who are often cheats of the society, and sinners making their way to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of the day, they see this happening and they start to grumble. You know, how dare Jesus welcome these sinners? And that is when Jesus starts to tell these stories, directing them to those scribes and Pharisees. And Jesus asks them, who among you, having a hundred sheep and one gets lost, who would not leave the 99 to go seek out and find the one that is lost? Now, if you notice, Jesus is telling the story not to those who think they're lost, but to those who think they're found. You know, he is asking these scribes and these Pharisees to put themselves in the position not of the lost sheep or of the lost coin, but instead to consider themselves in the place of the shepherd who seeks the sheep or of the woman who scours her house for that coin. 
You know, he's basically telling them, don't just, you know, sit there all high and mighty, you know, patting yourselves on your backs, thinking that you're found and you have it all figured out. No, no, he says, go out and seek, go out and find and welcome the lost. You know, I think when we first hear these stories, you know, it's very easy, very tempting to place ourselves in the role of the lost. And that's important. You know, there are those times in our lives, as I began, when we are lost and we really need that assurance that God has found us. And there are other times in our lives when we're doing okay. You know, when we are confident in our own belovedness and in God's love for us. And in those times, says Jesus, we are called to go out and seek. We are called to go out and find and welcome. And Jesus also says that there is a certain way that he would like us to welcome the lost. You know, not with sort of a finger wagging or a tisk tisk or, or a long lecture on why they shouldn't have gotten lost in the first place. No, and not with grumbling, not with maybe some snide look on our face and the, the knowledge that we certainly never would have gotten lost in that way. No, what Jesus says is that when the lost are found, we rejoice You know, it is joy that permeates this entire passage. You know, rejoice with me, says Jesus, for what was lost has been found. You know, certainly when one gets lost, and again, whatever way that looks like, there may be lessons to be learned. There may be consequences to have, to be had. But right now, says Jesus, when the lost are found, we rejoice. Now, many of you have uh, talked to me about the newsletter article I wrote uh, just uh, for this past month when I talked about my mom going on the Camino de Santiago. She, uh, she's turning 70, and for some reason, unbeknownst to us, she decided to take on walking 500 miles of the Camino in Spain over the course of about six weeks. She decided this several months ago. So since then, she has been planning every moment of this journey. I think she's read every book there is to read on the Camino, seen every movie, very meticulously shopped for all the supplies she would need, decided how far she would walk each day, decided where she would spend the night each night. Before she left, I got a two-page itinerary of what she would be doing every day of that six weeks. Last week, you may remember, I talked about how I'm a planner, I come by it naturally. Trust me. So my mom left uh, the last week of August, um, and she began her walk on the Camino. And almost instantly, like literally the first day, she realized that her body may not necessarily agree with the plans that her mind had made. Um, the first and second day, it was very mountainous, and her knee really started to bother her. But she pulled on a brace and got some ointment. And then a couple days later, it was her back, which really started bothering her. Um, in fact, one of the days, she had to send her pack ahead of her and walk without her pack just so she could make it. And then a couple days after that, it was an odd rash, apparently, that started on both of her legs that she thought she really may need medical attention for. So then she took a day off, 
And she tried to walk and it was just incredibly painful as her back got worse and worse. So she really had to do some, some deep thinking about what she was going to do. And what she eventually decided was after about a week of her six-week journey, she was going to come home. And in fact, last Wednesday, she came back home. Now, she would be the first to tell you that as she was struggling with all these ailments and trying to decide what to do, she was feeling very lost. You know, things were not going as she had expected, and she had been planning for months. So, but she did make what she intellectually knew was the right decision for her body, but still incredibly disappointing. And then she had to take the next step of letting all her friends and family know that she was coming home. You know, those who had been so supportive of her during her journey, you know, how to tell all these people that she was feeling lost. Now, as you can imagine, once she started to put the word out that she was going to come home, she received nothing but positive support. You know, people being so proud of her for even attempting, even part of the journey, you know, people really appreciating that she had listened to her body and was going to take care of her body. And really, so many people rejoicing with her. You know, rejoicing in the fact that she did get to walk for a week. Many people only walk the Camino for a week. Rejoicing in the fact that she was going to have all of these experiences and memories that she will have for the rest of her life. Now, I wasn't really expecting that anyone was going to, you know, ridicule her decision to stop. You know, this was not going to be a Friday Night Lights moment where the coach was like, you got to tough it out. But even so, even so, to get all of these messages of support and rejoicing really did help to move her from being lost to being found. And in fact, when she returned home, Last week, she sent out just a really quick email to everyone, just letting them know that she'd made it home. And this is what she said. She said, although I'm still processing the disappointment of not going as far as I had planned, thanks to all of you who have acknowledged what I did accomplish and affirmed my decision to return home. You know, acknowledged and affirmed. You know, I wonder how we might do that with all who are lost acknowledge and affirm and rejoice. Now, it's fairly easy to rejoice with my mom, who made a very good decision for her body, but I wonder about all of those who might be lost in our lives or in the world. You know, how might we seek everyone out with the same care and attention that my mom was sought out when she was feeling lost? So this book is called The Preaching Life by Barbara Brown Taylor. And in it, she refers to this passage from Luke specifically. And she says that this story deserves real characters, real Pharisees and real sinners brought face to face with a real Jesus. And she goes on to list who some of those real characters might be. Now, I'll note that she wrote this in 1993. So as you listen to these cast of characters, I invite you to consider who might that be in 2019. So Taylor says, I imagine Jesus down at the plasma bank on Boulevard, standing in line with the hungover men waiting to sell their blood. Or maybe down at the city jail, shooting the breeze with the bail bondsmen who cruise the place like vultures. I imagine Jesus at the majestic diner, with a crack dealer 
a car thief, and a prostitute with AIDS, buying them all cheese omelets. You know, a crack dealer, a car thief, a prostitute with AIDS. Are we able to rejoice with them as they are found, just as we are able to rejoice with my mom? Are we willing to help find them? So Taylor continues, if we're willing to be a shepherd, the story begins to sound different. The plot is about seeking, sweeping, finding, rejoicing. The invitation is not about being rescued by Jesus over and over again, even though that is important. The invitation is about joining Jesus and rounding up God's herd and recovering God's treasure. It is about discovering the joy of finding. So let us remember that when Jesus sings, I'll leave 99, leave them all behind to find you. You He's singing that to each one of us. And he's singing that to everyone. For that truly is the joy of God's amazing grace. So when we are feeling lost, may we know that we are found And when we are feeling found, may we join Jesus in the seeking and the finding and the rejoicing. Amen.
be seated. The sources for learning what's going on in the life of this beloved community are the website and your bulletin and your neighbor. So try all three to engage more deeply with the life of this church. A few I would like to highlight for you. First, there are a number of renovation resources coming your way. If you're involved in a class or a group or a committee and you're wondering where will we meet and when, your leader already likely knows, but if not, that's okay. We've worked out a logistics sort of flow chart for everything in the church, and as soon as the exact timing on the breaking ground is clear, we will be publishing that physically uh, at the church as well as on the website. It'll be published and um, we'll find numerous ways to notify you. Your weekly email will be another place. So stay tuned there. Um, I, I can't read my writing. Um, oh, it's just more on the renovation that um, as a part of that, we'll not only tell you where things are, but we'll be um, showing you a timeline best we can so you can kind of chart the progress and follow it from afar. One of the ways we're church is that we contribute to the well-being of our community. And I noticed the other day in the ark that there was a coastal cleanup, probably all around Marin. And wouldn't you know that the local Tiburon gathering on that uh, will be uh, hosted by our own Brooke Halsey, member of this community, and I know lover of the ocean, as are many of us. So I believe that is on September 21st. You can RSVP to Brooke at his email, which you can find in your directory or we can point you to. But wouldn't that be lovely for us to show up as a church and do our part to care for this beautiful world in which we live in? I know many of you also have a great appetite for serving those who are less fortunate, and this church has a long history of being involved in Habitat for Humanity and is always looking for new projects, and our outreach commission has been great in going out and looking for opportunities for us, and there is one coming up, uh, but I don't know the full details of it, and I'd rather than try to summarize it, just invite one of them forward. Kurt Peterson is here from outreach. I'd like him to come. Why don't you come down and use the microphone? I know, I know. Gosh, I, if I leave the mics on, my son will spend an hour up here. You can do two minutes. But Kurt will uh, tell you on behalf of Outreach about this exciting opportunity. Please. Thanks. Hi, everybody. Uh, we used to do this once or twice a year. Liz Arnold used to organize it for everybody, and we've had some inquiries lately that we haven't done it for a while. I reached out to Habitat to see what was available and was told they don't have any new projects until 2020, but they are doing a cleanup of one of the parks in Bayview's Hunter Point uh, in October. The dates uh, are the 18th and the 19th, and I thought the Saturday we could get a group of people if there's interest in it, and we could carpool from the church and so forth. Uh, I'm happy to organize that, so you can email me. My email's in the, in the bulletin. Uh, but it, you know, there's, there's a park there that is in disrepair, they're doing it over two days. There'll be a lot of people there, but if we could get a group from the church, it'd be great. So email me, and I will get you the details. I'll help you get signed up, and, and uh, there's a couple of forms to go through, but not, not that difficult. So let me know if you're interested. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kurt, and thank you, Outreach, for all you do on behalf of this church. Uh, with that, let's rise and body our spirit for our closing hymn.
as you go from this place, know that the love of God, who is our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with you now and always. Amen.